Amen. Did you feel something shift? Amen. Do you know, I was talking with the worship team the other night about what they do. And when I say worship team, I don't just talk about the people up here. There's people on cameras, people on the tech desk and the word desk and the media desk at the back. Then there's somebody in an office in the back room, all making it come together. And I was talking about the importance of what they do, because when they are bringing songs, you know, worship, collective worship will always be a big deal as long as God is a big deal. Because collective worship is to bring glory to God and to glorify God. And I was saying that as they are singing, they are bringing a language to people's lives to help people to sing over their circumstances. And I believe that was something that happened this morning. You know, I recently, just in fact, it just arrived yesterday, bought myself a new Bible. Because many of you know that I now wear glasses a lot, and I don't like wearing glasses. So it's great because I preach from an iPad, so I have really big font. And I thought, I'm going to buy a Bible with large prints. Then I couldn't, because I wanted to get up with my Bible this morning, and all my Bibles. It's like the words have gone missing off the page because I can't see them. I'm like, where the heck have they gone? I'm like, got it, large print. Praise the Lord, they do Bibles in large print. I can preach my best one. Got it yesterday, opened it up, I'm like... Still can't read it. I still can't read it. I need one with giant print. So if anybody knows of a Bible that is like size 45 font, if you could let me know about it, because I'd really like to be able to read my Bible without my glasses. It's either that or contact lenses, isn't it? Um, but do you know what? I'm excited to bring the Word of God this morning. You know when a preacher gets up here or... You know, even when the worship team gets up because, you know, they're preaching as well or whatever part you play in church, it's an honor. It's an honor to stand in this role. It isn't a performance. It isn't a production. I haven't written a script and I have recited it off by heart to give you a flawless finish. I have put my work in, I have put my time in, but ultimately it is to honor God, not to entertain you or to make me look good. That's not what it's about, but I'm always excited to bring the word of God because it's life-changing. It's not just a one-hit wonder. It's not just a good time. Let's make you feel good till you go out and you face what's really going on in life. The word of God is life-changing, and I believe in the power of the word of God. You know, when we open the word of God with a genuine desire, I'm not going to read it from, to it because I can't read it. <laughs> But when we open it with a genuine desire and a genuine expectation to receive something from it, it comes in power and it comes in might and it comes in purity and it comes in clarity. And I just wonder sometimes when I open the word, is it that I maybe don't open it with the expectation I should open it with? Maybe I don't open it with the faith levels I should and that started to me to think recently about why is it that sometimes I open it. I'm not meaning we will understand it all. This is where we need the revelation of the word of God. So if you're there and you're thinking, oh my goodness, well, I open my Bible and there's parts I don't understand. Hey, that's okay. That's the same for everybody. This side of eternity of when I see him face to face, there is always more revelation about his word. 
But what I would say is that when we open his word, are we opening it from a place of a heart of wanting to understand, a heart of expecting to understand? Are we opening it prayerfully, giving it the honor uh, that's due uh, to the word of God and saying, God, reveal to me what it is. If there's something you don't understand, that's okay. That's all right. God will reveal it just at the right time because that's what God does. The well-known verse in the Bible, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cut in between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That's the word of God. God. In every single page of this book, you will find the Word of God. You may find it written by other people. You may find it written by Paul and Matthew, and, but they are bringing to you the Word of God, a transcript of the Word of God, of the things that happened, of God's goodness and his faithfulness and his blessings and his discipline at times when we need discipline. Because who knows that a good parent, it says in the Word, a good father disciplines his children. Right. There's times I need to be disciplined. I don't know about, maybe it is just me, but there's times I need to be I need to be disciplined. But a two-edged sword, you see, a single-edged sword, now if you didn't know, you can't buy a double-edged sword off Amazon, right? Or eBay. They're not out there to buy. I tried, right? And suddenly realized, if I start searching for double-edged swords much longer, the police are probably going to turn up at my house. But you see, a single-edged sword has two edges. It's not that it doesn't have edges. It has edges. If I, so this is, I've made a double-edged sword, everybody. It's like Blue Peter in the younger days. I believe it's better now. But, okay. But if you have a single-edged sword, it still has two edges. Still double-edged, but one side is blunt. Now, you see, that's something that the Word of God is not. The Word of God is never blunt. Never blunt. You see, you have a, this is, this is my homemade double-edged sword. This is two carving knives stuck together with sellotape. Do you like that, Derek? Thank you very much. Double-edged sword, maybe? Yeah? Okay. Um, I could start selling them, seeing as Amazon don't. But here's the thing, right? A double-edged sword, a true double-edged sword is sharp on both sides. Every way round, it's sharp. This is meant to have a nice point at the end, but I couldn't get them to go together. Um, but it, it has a point, and right from the point all the way up, it's sharp. There is nothing dull about the word of God and his ways. So the double-edged sword, the two-edged sword, where it's sharp on either side, I want to name three functions that it has. Bearing in mind the verse that we've just read, Hebrews 4.12, so everything I'm going to talk about, about the double-edged sword, okay, is in line with the Word of God, what it's saying, for the Word of God is alive and powerful. So let's start from that point. I am not speaking to you about something that's dead. 
and that has no power. Everything I am bringing you today is from the Word of God, and the Word of God will come through reading the Bible. It will also come from hearing when God speaks the Word, when people speak the Word of God, it will come in that way as well. But it is alive, it is powerful, and it is active, and it is sharper. I feel a bit lame getting this up again. I'm really sorry, but please just imagine it was something that looks different to this. Right, Barry missed this that I've done for my prop because you can't get double-edged swords off Amazon, Barry. Yeah, you can't get them off Amazon or eBay, apparently. But the word of God is sharper. So his words are sharper than a double-edged sword. So three functions of a double-edged sword, Right? So in the military, the Roman soldiers, there were reasons why they would have a double-edged sword and not just a single one. Number one, it penetrates. It goes into something with force. With a double-edged sword, you get a thrust that you don't get with a single one. You see, a single one, if a single one was to hit a bone, it would glide off the bone. I've researched this, everyone. Now, all sorts about double-edged swords and bones and all kinds of things now. But it will glide, it will bend, and it will glide because there's only one side that's sharp, so it can't cut through. But with a double-edged sword, it penetrates, and they use the double-edged sword for thrusting to make sure that they really get it through, to make sure that they kill with the ultimate force that they could possibly have. They don't need to keep stabbing at it, don't need to stab from, die from 30 stab wounds because the double-edged sword was created for a reason and it was to kill and penetrate with the ultimate force. That is what the Word of God does. The Word of God penetrates. You can thrust at the enemy with the Word of God and it will cut right through him. There is absolutely nothing the enemy can do to stand against the Word of God when we stand in our rightful place and we use the Word of God to our situation. Maybe you're new to faith. Maybe you're you're not even a Christian. Maybe it's your first time here and you're just finding out about it. But I want you to know this. The most important thing, I think it says up here, you'll ever need to know is the word of God. Because the word of God will penetrate anything that comes your way. The double-edged sword was actually as well created to go through the armor of the enemy. It would go through the blessed breastplate of the enemy. It was so sharp. It says the word of God is sharper than that. It's sharper than that. So how is it that I sometimes walk around and I don't live in the power of the word of God that is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword which was created to even penetrate the breastplate of the enemy? Acts chapter 2 verse 37 and 38. Peter's words pierced their And they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
Peter, when it says Peter's words pierced their hearts, what words were these? They were words of God. He was speaking the word of God and they're saying, what do we need to do? Because what he said pierced their heart. Pierced their heart. And if you're sat in this room today or you're watching online, you are hearing the word of God because what I am speaking is not me. And some of you are watching and you're in here listening and it's piercing your heart. Something in the worship has already pierced your heart and you're like, I'm responding in a way I, I'm not used to responding this way. Or maybe it's like something's just touched my heart. I hear people say they, they don't even, have never even thought about Jesus. Someone's brought them along to church. They spent the entire worship crying their eyes out and said to them, it was the most emotional experience of my life. Why? Because the word of God will pierce your heart. It will pierce your heart. So if you are watching this or listening to this and you've had an experience this morning, it's the word of God piercing your heart. And we are here to tell you what you do with that next. If you've had that experience this morning and you're in the room, and you don't know Jesus, what has happened is the word of God, Jesus Christ, has pierced your heart this morning. It's pierced your emotions. It's touched you in a way that you're like, I have never felt like this before. And because of that, we have made opportunity for you to speak to somebody straight after the service to say, what do I do with what's just happened to me this morning? Derek and Tracy, who lead our Next Steps course, they're going to be right opposite here. There's a room. All you do at the end of the meeting is you get out your seat, you go straight to that room, and Derek and Tracy are going to tell you what's happened this morning when the Word of God has pierced your heart. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. That is the first and foremost thing we must do. We must do with the word of God. We must repent of our sins and we must say, God, I am sorry. Jesus, I acknowledge what you did and repent is to turn your back on the way you once lived and you walk in, you're walking in the words, you walk in like this and it will pierce your heart, it will pierce your situations, it will pierce your thinking, it will pierce through everything you are going through because I think I'm lingering on one point too long, I'm going to move on. Anyway, and he forgives your sins, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not weird. All right? Let me tell you, if anybody starts to talk to you about other spirits, they're not weird, they're wrong. They are wrong. There is an unseen world. There is a spiritual battle. And we have an enemy. And I'm going to pinch a quote of Chloe from Friday night when she spoke to the youth. She said this. Why do we only, and I'll probably get it wrong, Chloe, so shout out if we get it wrong, but why do we only armor ourselves up ready 20% of the time when we have an enemy 100% of the time? He is prowling to pick you off. He is prowling to cause you problems. And I was talking to someone the other day and she was like, I miss my mum and dad so much. She was like, I've been to see a medium. I went, stop. <laughs> I didn't even know this woman. I just went, stop. I said, do not do it. I said, it's dangerous. I said, do not. I said, he's a trap. I said, you will end up going down a road of darkness. There are demons. There is witchcraft. It's a very real world. If anybody speaks to you about a spirit other than the Holy Spirit, that is the Spirit of God, run for your life. 
Turn your back and you run towards God and you run towards Jesus. If you have ever dabbled, this isn't even in my notes, but if you have ever dabbled in, in the occult, in mediums, horoscopes, anything like that, turn away from it. Turn away from it. Repent. Focus yourself on Jesus and say to him, I repent that I've looked into that kind of thing. I'm fixing my gaze on you. If you need to talk about it, we're here at the end. Number, number, number one was penetrate. The word of God penetrates. It will pierce your heart. It will pierce your mind. Number two, it divides. It says in that scripture that I read before, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. A two-edged sword can cut in two directions because it has two sides, it's double-sided. Often, we can get mixed up with our soul and our spirit. Let me just take a drink of water. Our spirit is alive in Christ Jesus. Our spirit is what connects us with God. And our soul... Our personality, our mind, our emotions. Sometimes that displays itself in a spiritual way. And sometimes it doesn't. It says in Luke chapter 1, verse 46, and Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. The word of God will divide our soul and our spirit. It will make sure that we are very aware when we are in our flesh, when we are operating in our soul realm and operating on our own emotions, and we are following them and they are our guide rather than the spirit being our guide. Now, the, the reason why it can become like inter, intertangled I don't even know that's what it was. I don't know. I've made a double-edged sword. Possibly just made up my own word as well. Intertangled, intertwined, intertwined. Okay. The reason being is because, like Mary says here, my soul magnifies the Lord. There are times I magnify the Lord with everything I've got. I sing. I let, when, when we say magnify, that's not making him bigger than he is. You can't do that. But you think about it, you get a magnifying glass, the actual thing that you're looking at doesn't change, it just focuses in on it. So what really what I'm saying is at times, my soul magnifies the Lord. People will see him in greater detail because of the way I'm living. But sometimes my soul does not magnify the Lord. Barry's shouting very loud on the front row, I'm well aware. My soul does not magnify the Lord. But you see the double-edged sword... It will cut between joints and marrow, even the things that are entwined. Because when we know the word of God, we will know, and then we it's up to us whether we choose to walk in the spirit or walk in the flesh. But we will know when it's not right. We will know because he's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit, the spirit in us. We will know because we will know the word of God, whether it's something that someone's spoken to you, whether it's something that you've read. This is why we say, take notes in the preach. We don't say it because for any other reason that God will penetrate 
your circumstance and he will give you a word, something that will be sung, something that will be said. You'll be like, that's for me, and you write it down. Joint and marrow. Obviously, we've heard of bones and we've heard of bone marrow. Bones are the tough stuff, they're the hard stuff. But life isn't in the bones. Life is in the marrow. That's why people have bone marrow transplants. Because you see, the marrow is the soft, it's the squishy stuff. And that produces the red cells and the, the red blood cells and the white blood cells that push the oxygen around our bodies that means we are alive. The double-edged sword, the word of God will cut between bone and bone marrow because the word of God is what will feed the marrow. The bone is the, the hard stuff of us, the exterior, where we're like, we're not wanting to move and we're not wanting to change in things and we're being stubborn and maybe it's pride and maybe it's this and the word of God will just cut between the two and he'll say, no, Vicky, that's your bone. That's your bone, but it's your marrow. It's your marrow that, will, that I'm going to feed. It's your marrow that is going to bring you through. It's your marrow because that's what's going to pump oxygen around your life spiritually if it's penetrated with the word of God. It cuts between bone and marrow. It distinguishes between the godly and the ungodly. God's word distinguishes between the godly and the ungodly. And that, as Christians, is how we make wise decisions with our lives. Because the Bible, the word of God, distinguishes between the godly and the ungodly. So I know I will get a conviction, I will get a check in me where I'm like, I know I'm not doing the right thing. Why do I know that? Because the word of God pierces through and it will cut through between joint and marrow. So I know when I'm not. And I know because of the Holy Spirit that lives within me. The incredible cutting power of scripture is a tool to separate out our very thoughts of good and evil. It's a cutting tool. The word of God will speak blessing over us. It will bring conviction to us. It will be food for, uh, for, for us. It will cause us to think. It will edify us. It will discipline us. But it is always good. <laughs> it is always good. It's always good. The word of God will never destroy you. The word of God will never pull you down. The word of God will never belittle you. It's always good, even in the discipline. Third point, it prevents the enemy from grabbing the blade. You see, when I'm holding my single-edged sword, somebody can grab because one side's blunt. Where did they grab with the double-sided one? Whichever way they grab, it's sharp. Whatever way they grab, it's going to be injured. Both edges are razor sharp. There is no safe way to grab it. The enemy can never take possession of the word of God. He can never take possession of the word of God because it is not his to have. 
He cannot grab hold of it. The only time he has possession over areas in our life is when we give him possession over areas in our life. And actually, we don't use the double-edged sword to go at him. Because you see, if we go at him with the double-edged sword and he tries to grab it, there's no way to grab it. It's razor sharp. It's going to cut through. It's going to cut through his breastplate. It's going to cut through whatever he comes at me with. It's going to cut through because the enemy cannot. Listen to me, church. He cannot take possession of the word of God. He's not able to. He's not allowed to. He will take possession over areas of our life when we open ourselves up and allow him to because we haven't got, we're not armed with the double-edged sword for when he tries to come at us, but he cannot own the word of God. He cannot. So it's razor sharp on both sides so that the enemy cannot take hold of it. <clears throat> the word of God comes through reading. It comes through hearing. That can be hearing in this community of church. It can be come through other ways. Our stance is everything, as is our position. The army... Plan and strategize. They have, and, and you'll hear CID programs and that say this, inside intel. This is what, I was looking up the military and uh, this is what was written on one of their websites. Modern military operations are dependent on the provision of highly accurate and timely intelligence. So, when we are coming up against the enemy, it is dependent on the provision of highly accurate and timely intelligence. Everything in the word of God is not all for now. There is a timely intelligence to it for your life. So there'll be parts of the word of God that aren't applicable to you now because there is a timely intelligence. God knows exactly when you're going to need certain parts of it. To provide this, this is the military speaking again, our analysts are embedded in all parts of the military to ensure that the army's operations are successful. Modern military operations are dependent on the provision of highly accurate and timely intelligence. To provide this, our analysts are embedded in all parts of the military to ensure that the army's operations are successful. I would say we need to be embedded in all parts of the word of God. All parts of the word of God. Again, you may be really new to reading the Bible, and I'm telling you, even if you are able at the moment to just read 10, 10 minutes a day, well done. Well done. It will grow. You will grow. You will change. You will get to know more about it. Give, give importance to being together in church. Give importance to being in a life group and letting other people help you and feed you and study with you. Daily reading. Seeking out guidance and linking of ways that we can be embedded. Seeking out clarity. If there's something in the Bible and you don't get it, find somebody you trust. Somebody you know what they get the Bible. Let me tell you, nobody's going to totally get the Bible. If they tell you that they are, go somewhere else and ask for advice. Okay? Right? Run. 
Daily reading, seeking out guidance, seeking out clarity. Being in the community of God to hear and understand and take notes every time he speaks. If I was to hand you a diamond, yeah? The most precious diamond. It's been on the news. They've uncovered this diamond. It's the purest of pure. And I was to give it to you. What would you do with it? Would you cast it to one side and think, I'll pick that up later? I don't think so. But when God speaks to you, he gives you something far more precious. Far more precious than a newly discovered diamond of the purest form. How many times do I cast it to one side and think, I'll pick that up later? I'm, I'm just a bit busy at the moment. If you don't have a pen and paper, but you have a mobile phone, there'll be ways to record it. Speak it into your phone, record it, text it back to yourself. But I'm saying give it importance, give it the weight that it's due. Think of it like that. If I was to toss a diamond out to you now, you'd probably all scramble to get to it. His word is oh so precious. How can we be armored up 20% of the time when we have an enemy 100% of the time? But the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. It's sharper. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 19. Prior to these scriptures, Paul is talking about ways to live, living in unity, living a godly life, husband, godly husband and wife relationships, godly parenting relationships. He's speaking all about that. And as he comes to the end of Ephesians, he says this, a final word. So he's told us all different ways to live, but then he's like, I'm not ending till I've said this. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Remember when I talked before about a spirit, if anyone comes talking to you about spirits, and it's everything other than the Holy Spirit, which is God's spirit, run for your life. Yeah? Listen to this. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. There is an evil world. The enemy is defeated. He's already defeated, so we don't ever need to worry that the devil's going to win. But he has a strategy and he has a plan. And we need our double-edged sword to bring down his strategies and bring down his plans. So we need to be aware that there is an unseen world and an unseen battle going on around. It says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. It doesn't say when the enemy comes to attack, fast, quick, get your armor on. 
It says, put on the whole armor of God so that when the attack comes, you're ready. That's why even when you're on a mountaintop experience, see, when I'm in a valley, I'll scramble for the word of God because I'm like, oh God, I need you to say something to me because I'm in a really desperate situation. But when I'm on a mountaintop, I need my armor on. I need the armor of the word of God. I need the breastplate of righteousness. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid that the enemy is going to take you down. You have that armor of God on. You have the sword of the spirit, the word of God with you in your hand. You will still be standing by the end of it. I guarantee you. There may be times you don't feel like you're standing, but just because you don't feel like you're standing doesn't mean you're not standing because your feelings will tell you lies. Your feelings will make you think certain things and make you behave in certain ways. But the word of God will make sure that we're standing. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. The belt of truth goes on first. The truth of the word of God. That's what goes in place first because everything else hangs on the belt. The Roman soldiers back then, they were a common occurrence. It's something that they will have seen around the streets daily on a regular basis. But they had a belt and everything hung or rested on the belt. And what's being said here is the belt of truth. Everything else will rest that you know truth. When the world is saying stuff to you, young people, I want to speak to you, whether you're in the room or online, the world is telling you some stuff and it is messing with people's heads and it's messing with people's beliefs. But all you need to know is what the word of God says, the bell of truth. It will keep you. It will stop you from straying. It does not matter what the world is saying to you, what the education system is saying to you. It actually says in the Bible that in the last days, people are going to say things that are wrong are right. And things that are right are wrong. That's how messed up the world is going to get at the end. And we are in end times. Parents, stand for truth. Gird your family with truth. Put on the belt of truth around your family so that the enemy's schemes cannot get in. And remind your children in the last days we don't need to be afraid because the Bible already tells us how messed up the world is going to get. So what's going on now isn't even a shock. It's not a shock to me because the Bible tells me so. It tells me so. Put shoes, but on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Because you see, when this was written back then, the arrows would come and they would have quenched them in, in um, like petrol paraffin, set them alight, and they would start firing fiery arrows at you how many times do you feel that the enemy is sending fiery arrows your way and you're in that moment soul and spirit soul and spirit soul and spirit spirit hold up the shield of faith 
to quench those fiery darts. The worship team wants to start to get back up. Put on, the salva- put on salvation as your helmet. Salvation as your helmet. The new you. A new way of thinking. Protection of your mind. Protection of your thoughts and your emotions. The helmet of salvation. And then listen to this. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and stand. And stand. You stand like a rock. Don't run for the armor when the attack's already on its way. Don't be like, the enemy's coming, get the armor. Says, no, put the armor on, be ready. When you're all armored up, you've got the Word of God in your hand, you're ready, you've got your sword, you've got your double edged sword. Double edge, razor sharp, both sides. The enemy can't grab hold of it because he can never take possession of the word of God. It doesn't belong to him. It will never belong to him. He's the father of lies. This is the book of truth. God is the father of truth. The word of God can never belong to the enemy. He can never take it. Pray in the spirit at all times. And on every occasion, when you feel the attack coming, pray in the spirit. Don't stand in your soul. Pray in the spirit. Don't stand in the soul. Use your soul to magnify the Lord, as Mary talks about. Use your soul to be the shop window to who God is. How glorious he is. How wonderful But be very aware that when the enemy comes in for attack, our emotions will go haywire or can go haywire. We can begin to lose our peace and shake a little bit. Oh, how I know it so well. Doesn't say stand in the soul. It says pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. It's not just for ourselves. At all occasions, we've got to be persistent in praying for all believers everywhere. Those that are being persecuted. And then it says at the end, and pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. The good news is for all. Whatever walk of life, whatever religion you have laid claim to, the word of God is for you. Whatever decisions you've made in your life, the word of God is for you. If you've dabbled in the occult, the word of God is for you. But there is one way, and it's his way. And you will need to renounce those things, and you will need to repent, and you will need to turn your back on it, and you will need to walk towards God, and you will need to let his, have the humility to let his word pierce your heart. But there is only one way, and it's this way. His name is Jesus, and it's all in the book. It's all in the book of truth. It's all when you hear the preacher speak God's words over you. The armor is your preparation. The armor is your readiness. The armor is your protection. But it's not your strategy. Your strategy is the double-edged sword, having it ready. And your strategy is prayer. 
Amen. Amen. I'm going to hand over to Adam.